0: Good, good morning, Lake Hills Church. What an exciting time to be a part of the body of Christ. We're so glad that you're a part of this service, whether you're in the room or online. If you've been around our church at all, you know that part of what we do in the summertime is we learn how to hear from God through different voices, different fresh eyes, if you will. Today is no exception. Kaylee McDaniel has been a part of our church since she was in elementary school, back when she was Kaylee Wilson. She has done a myriad of roles around our church, including leading our children's ministry, working in the administration office, doing any number of things. But right now, she and her husband, Jordan, are our next-gen directors. I am so excited that you're going to get to hear from her today and what God wants to do in your life, in my life, through her. So if you would, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet and give a crazy in-house welcome to our very own Haley McDaniel.
1: Woohoo! Hi guys. How's it going? How's everyone doing this morning? Oh, I'm going to lead a little bit more than that. I'm used to LHC kids, and so if I say good morning, everyone like yells, good morning! So we don't have to have that energy, but maybe a little bit more. So how's everyone doing this morning? I'm so glad. I really am so excited to be here and just to share with you a little bit of what God has been putting on my heart. Like Pastor Max said, I have been here for a long time realized that this fall I will have been at Lake Hills Church for 20 years, which is crazy. Um, been through a lot and um, have had the opportunity to learn here and grow here and build community here. So this really is my family, which has been amazing. Um, Jordan and I oversee Next Gen and which is why I'm so passionate about it, is because I've been here and I've walked through those stages here. And so we love that we get to teach and build community in the next generation here, which is amazing. Um, so that's exciting. Um, But one thing that I haven't yet done is I haven't done this. So this is my first time teaching on stage on a Sunday morning. Um, So welcome, welcome to that. Um, I am excited to let you know what's going on. Um, We are in a series called Founding Father. We're looking at the life of Abraham through the story of Genesis, and it's amazing. We started this a handful of weeks ago. Pastor Max started it, and Derek talked last week, and today we're gonna continue that story we're just going to talk a little bit about, like I said before, something that God has been doing in me over the last handful of months. And so I'm excited that I get to share that with you uh, this morning. But before we do, I'm wondering if there are any thrill seekers out there. Have anyone likes skydiving or roller coasters or anything like that, thrill seekers in the room? A handful. Okay, so not a ton. I would say that I am one, but I'm a hesitant one. So I really enjoy doing it. Um but I am going to worry about it and complain about it the entire leading up to it. And so I just need everyone else to know how miserable I am before I do the thing that I want to do. Um, So Jordan and I recently became Six Flags season pass holders, which is pretty exciting. Um, We have been a whopping two times, but still, um, it's been fun. And I grew up in Austin, and so I've been around Six Flags. And so I've done a majority of the rides unless they're like brand new. And so I was familiar with Six Flags, but one of the rides that when I was little I decided I would not go on was the Rattler. Is anyone familiar with the Rattler? Okay, guys. It literally, sw- it, now it's different, but I remember watching as a kid, it literally would sway like this when people were on it, and I would sit there and watch people on it and be like, that's dumb, I'm not doing that. And so I built this up in my mind, like, I will do anything at Six Flags, but I will not ride the Rattler, because that's a no. Any, like, break of a wood, and it could fall over. So that, that was a no, um, which I told Jordan that when we became, you know, season pass holders, and he was like, well, you're obviously going on the Rattler. <laughs> and I was like... That's hilarious. Um, I don't know how you feel about that. And he was like, okay, well, we don't have to go this time. But the next time we come, you're going on the Rattler. And so I was like, okay, yeah, that sounds fine. Next time we'll do it. And so we went, and then it was the next time. And we were driving up, and the whole time I'm thinking, like, okay, you can do it. It's fine. It's just a ride. Like, maybe he won't even remember. Maybe he won't even notice. He did. Um, He did remember. And so we... As we're driving up, I'm, like, starting to get the, like, pit in my stomach. It's not even the wooden ride anymore, you guys. It's called the Iron Rattler now. So it's not even the same thing that I was scared of, but I was still, like, scared. My heart kept, like, beating really fast, and I kind of got, like, anxious and a little bit queasy thinking about going on this ride. And I remember as we walked in, he was like, let's go. Let's just get it over with. And I was walking, and I just, like, kept my head down. I was like, it's okay. It's going to be fine. And my my stomach hurt, and I was a little bit nervous. And I didn't look up because, you know, like, when you look up, it looks so much bigger Whenever you're standing on the ground. But I remember getting like to the end of the ride and I looked up and I was like, oh my gosh, I do not want to do this. I'm dreading this. This is something that I was really dreading. But I was like, okay, we can do it. And so we walk up and we get on the ride. And I still didn't look up because pro tip: if you are scared of roller coasters, but you still like them, um, when you're going up, because you know how every roller coaster you like immediately like you're horizontal going up, you just don't look around you. You definitely don't look up. You're like, oh look at that swing set over there like you can't you can't look ahead of you otherwise it's more terrifying so i didn't even look up again until the very top of the ride and the rattler or the iron rattler now is like almost a complete vertical vertical angle and so i looked up and i was like okay here we go and we went and it was so much fun probably like my favorite ride at this point but i just remember that feeling of dread i was queasy my heart was pounding i had a headache and all of that and today we're looking at the life of Abraham, and this is a story where Abraham felt that dread. He felt the probably the like heart beating really fast. And let me tell you that my story of roller coasters is like this much compared to the actual dread that Abraham felt in this story. But we're going to look at that, that feeling today. But before we do that, let's pray together. God, thank you so much for bringing all of us here. Thank you that we get to come together and learn together and grow together as a church family. Thank you that you've given us your word. Thank you that you are a big God, that you are the same God that is the God of Abraham, that you are our God and you are leading us this morning. God, we ask that um, you would give us fresh eyes and a fresh heart as we take a look at this story today and that you would speak to each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, well, we are in Genesis 22. We're gonna start, and we're gonna read a chunk of scripture together, so get ready. We're gonna start right at the top in verse one of 22. It says, After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. He said, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Okay, so God is asking Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, his son. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar." Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey, I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took in his hand the fire and the knife, so they both went on together. And Isaac, who, by the way, side note, Isaac is about 25 at this point. I don't know if you're like me, and I always pictured like a child, sometimes I even like pictured an infant. Isaac is 25, carrying what he is about to be um, sacrificed on. Isaac pipes up and says to his father, my father, and he says, here I am, my son. He said, behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they both went on together. So they continue their journey up the mountain He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, seeing that you have not withheld your son from me, your only son. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So they go, he gets everything set up to sacrifice his son. He gets out the knife and he is ready and then God calls down and says, Abraham, Abraham, wait. You don't have to do that. You don't have to sacrifice your son and then God provides a ram that they sacrifice instead. Um, If you are familiar with the church or you have been around for a while, this is probably a familiar story to you. And um, whenever I was told, when Pastor Max said, like, this is the next part of the story that you will be telling whenever you're preaching, I was like, oh, this is good. Like, I think I kind of have an idea of what I'm going to talk about. Abraham was really faithful. And I can also talk about, like, Abraham sacrificed his son or was willing to sacrifice his son. Like, what are we willing to sacrifice for God? And I had this picture in my mind. But then whenever I came to the text and I started researching and I started sitting with it, God laid something totally different on my heart. And so today I'm going to ask again that we just come to this with open hearts and open eyes as we learn something that God has been speaking to me um, over the past handful of months. First and foremost, Abraham, um, he walked with God. He was definitely walking with God. And so the question that I kept asking myself as I was reading this story over and over again is, what would have happened If Abraham was more focused on the task at hand, on what he had in front of him, than on being in the presence of God, what what would have happened? If Abraham was like, got it, got the call, now I'm going to focus on all of these things that I need to do, gathering the wood, finding the location, getting some guys to help me, what am I going to say to Isaac? If he had focused all of his attention on what was in front of him and he didn't remember to keep God and stay in God's presence, what would have happened? Would he have missed the ram? Would he have missed the opportunity to save his son because he didn't hear that second call from God? But he didn't. Abraham was so focused on being in the presence and communicating with God that the second that God called him, whenever he was about to sacrifice his son, Abraham heard him. Abraham heard him because he was walking with God. And that is a concept this morning that I want to talk about, that I think God is more interested in us living with him than us living for him. Now, when we think about living for God, that sounds like something really great, and hopefully we are living for God. That could be doing a bunch of really good things like coming to church or reading our Bible or loving our neighbors or sitting in worship, but if we are only doing those things for God and we are leaving God out of the picture, then we are really, really missing out. I can say from personal experience over this last handful of months this has been what has really been on my heart. It was like why am I reading this Bible or why am I worshiping? Am I am I looking at this Bible and just picking out what I should do, what I shouldn't do, what I I could be doing or am I reading my Bible and being with others in community and all of the other good things? Am I doing that so I can spend time and grow in intimacy with God? And I think that that's the point. Our life should be a life that is with God, focused around being with him as opposed to just doing things for him. Because the tasks that we have at hand, even though they might be great tasks at hand, If we just are doing the tasks for the task's sake, it's going to be unfulfilling. That's not going to fill us. The only thing that is going to fulfill us is God himself. God is the one who created us, and he created us to live in relationship with him. He didn't just create us to do things for him. He wants to be with us, and this is what Abraham does, and it is really really powerful. So we're going to look at a couple of things that Abraham did that I think that we can learn from to help us figure out how we can live with God. The first thing that we can do is we can lean in. Abraham's posture was that one of leaning in Abraham, it says right at the very beginning in verse one, when God calls Abraham, Abraham responds with this phrase. He says, Here I am. Here I am. This phrase in Hebrew is he Everyone say he Yes. I could have told you to pronounce it wrong, but it's something like that. You get the gist. But it's the phrase of he This means like, walk with me. I am right by your side. Wherever you go, I go. I am ready and willing to do whatever you want me to do immediately because I want to be right next to you, right beside you. When Abraham responds with this phrase, here I am, it doesn't just mean I'm here, God. Like, let me know what you want and then I will do it. It means I am already here. My posture is leaning in. I want to do whatever you want me to do because I want to be right next to you when I do it. Abraham does it again later in verse 11 when the when the angel of the Lord calls again when he's right when he's about to sacrifice Isaac and, and God calls and he said here I am. It's the same phrase, this I will walk with you, I will be with you, I want to be right next to your side. And this posture of leaning in, that means our bodies are already positioned and ready to act right whenever God calls us, and that we want to stay right by God's side. So if our posture toward God is like, let's lean in, I want to live life with you, right next to you, We can do that with that phrase, here I am. It has so much power. And what I love is Abraham says it in two different times. He says it immediately right at the beginning when God calls, here I am. But he also says it when he's about to do something really hard, that God asked him to do something he probably was dreading, like I was dreading the roller coaster but different, um, when he was doing that. And he responds the same way here I am. I am right here. I am right by your side, whatever you ask me to do. And we, that can be our posture, to lean in. That way we can act immediately. We can act quickly because our positioning is already leaned in toward God. The second thing I think we can learn, lean in, number one, two, listen. Abraham knew God's voice. Abraham knew the intricacies of God's voice because this has been something that he has practiced over his life. As we've seen the life of Abraham, this has been something that Abraham has done. He's gotten closer and closer and closer to God and he knew God's voice because he listened to God's voice. I know whenever I look at scripture, sometimes when I read stories like these, I think like gosh, that would be so cool because God just spoke so clearly to the people in the Bible, and I wish that that was the case now, because I feel like right now, if I hear something, I have to process, like, was this what God said? Was this what I felt? Like, there's all these things that I have to question or, or filter through, but that's not what Abraham did. He immediately knew. He immediately knew it was God's voice, and so when I look at these stories, I think that's really cool that God did that back in the day. I wish that that was the case today, But I'm gonna push back against that today, that thought that I have that maybe some of you have had because I believe that the God of Abraham, the God of the Bible is the God today and our God can speak to us today and is speaking to us. We have to practice listening. God is speaking to us but we have to put something into practice in order for us to listen We have this Bible study that we do with our core students and with our young adults. And the first part of it is just a typical Bible study. We look at scripture and we talk about it and discuss what it means in our lives. But there's a part at the end where we turn on worship music, we get really quiet, and we write ourselves a letter from God. We say literally, Kaylee, my name or your name, I want you to know and then we sit and we ask God, what do you want me to take from this? What are you speaking to me through this passage, through this Bible study? And by doing that, we are building up the ability to hear from God and know immediately what, when God is speaking to us and what he's saying to us. But it takes practice. But the God of Abraham is the same God today and God is speaking to us. But if we would just stop and listen... We can hear from God. And I have to tell you, it is a little uncomfortable at first. Like it's weird kind of to write yourself a letter from God, but it is one of the most powerful things that we get to do. And it's my absolute favorite Bible study that we've ever done because it it does, it makes you practice listening and hearing from God. That way, just like Abraham, if God asks us to do something, we know it's Him. I can't imagine. God said, <laughs> "I want you to sacrifice your son." And immediately Abraham was like, "I know that's God." and he went. He didn't have to filter through all of the things that I would have to filter through and ask the question. It would probably take me a week to figure out, "Was this me? Did I make that up? Was that a thought in my head? Like there are so many things. But Abraham knew. It says that the next morning, he got up and he went and he got all the supplies that he needed. He listened to God. It takes practice. And then the last thing that we can do that I think we can learn from Abraham, we can lean in, listen, and then look up. Abraham looked up. I'm actually, I'm reading out of the ESV and the wording, the phrase that it uses in this version is he lifted up his eyes. And I love that concept of lifting up your eyes, focusing your eyes on God rather than just focusing on the tasks or the things that are right in front of us, and living where we do, it is really easy. There are a lot of things that are in front of us, and a lot of them are really good things. It's probably centered around having a good family, or maybe for students it's school and in church, and there's so many things that the tasks are right in front of us that are good tasks, but they still can bring our eyes down. And Abraham lifted up his eyes toward God. And that is something that we can do to remind ourselves that God is in control. It is not about the tasks at hand, it is about being with God. If we focus just on the tasks, that's just living a life for God. I'll show you where it says it in here. Um, verse four, it says, on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and he saw the place from afar. This is when he sees the thing that he's dreading. Like when I lifted my eyes and I saw the roller coaster, when he lifted up his eyes, he, he reminded himself. He wasn't just taking one step at a time. He was like, you know what? I'm seeing this place that I'm dreading, but I'm lifting my eyes up toward God. God. And the time of dread. And then later, this is, this is really cool. In verse 13, it says, And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram. The next time he lifted his eyes, it was right after finding out that he didn't have to sacrifice his son. Right after. So he did the same response no matter what situation he was in. In the first situation, he lifted up his eyes and he looked toward God when he was in the middle of the thing that he feared and dreaded the most. When he was probably having anxiety and questioning everything and worry, he lifted up his eyes in that moment. And then he did the exact same thing whenever he was told something like of such joy and such relief that he didn't have to sacrifice his son. He had the same response. Lift up your eyes. Our response to God is not based on our circumstances. It is not based on what is right in front of us because if we wait to lift our eyes up to whatever is right in front of us is over, then we're missing out and it might never come. We don't know it's gonna be one thing after the other. It's not based on our circumstances. Our response is to lift up our eyes, to look up to God no matter what our circumstances are. And the thing is, it's really personal. God is asking us us to lift up our eyes, and He's calling us by name. I love that He says the name Abraham when God is calling him in this story multiple times. He says, Abraham, Abraham. He calls Abraham by name. It is really, really personal. And God is really personal with us. He is calling each and every one of us by name. He is calling you by name into a relationship with him, into intimacy with him. He's saying, I want you to live life with me. I don't want you to just live life for me. Live life by what happens next, circumstance after circumstance or whatever task are at hand I want you to walk with me I want you to lean in so that you are ready no matter what comes next no matter what I ask you you are ready immediately and I want you to stop and I want you to listen because God is talking to us God is communicating with us we just have to practice listening and acting on what God is asking of us and then lastly just a reminder to lift our eyes up No matter what, wherever we are, we can lift our eyes up toward God. I know for me, the physical reminder to change my body, whether that's leaning in and lifting my eyes up, helps me picture what I'm doing. So if I'm leaning in, I know that I'm ready. If I'm lifting my eyes up, I know that I am surrendering myself to Christ. And God is. He's asking each one of us to walk with him and walk in relationship with him. And I loved reading this from Abraham and seeing that Abraham really did. He communicated with God all along the way. At the beginning, God only told Abraham a little bit. He said, go to this region. I'll tell you later (laughs) where to go. And And it says in here, when they arrived at the place of which God had told him, Abraham was communicating with God throughout and I just wonder what would happen if we as a church family were a people that were so focused on being with God that we weren't worried about doing things for God, that our posturing in our hearts were to be with God, the one who created us. He created us to be in relationship with him. And so our response is to do every task we can. When we come to read this Bible, we read the Bible because we want to be with God and sitting in God's presence. Whenever we come to church and we worship and we live, listen, it's because we want to be with God in this place, with God in community. When we help other people, it's because we want to be with God in doing whatever God is doing in this world. I wonder what would happen. I think it could change everything if we came together and said that we want to be that type of people that lives life with God. Like I said earlier, God is calling each and every one of us. And today maybe it's, okay, I feel like I... I know that I need to make a decision to adjust my mindset, to shift my posture and live life with God. Because if you're anything like me, it is really easy to get caught up in the tasks. So maybe today you're making the decision like, okay, I'm going to go about my week thinking about how to live life with God. Or maybe today you're like, I have never done that before. I've never stepped into a relationship with God, with Christ. And I wanna do that today. I want to be in relationship with the one who created me. And we're gonna have an opportunity to do that together in just a minute. I'm gonna ask, though, that if you have already done that, if you have committed your life to Christ already, I'm gonna ask that you pray in this moment. I think something really powerful happens when we all come together and we're praying for a purpose. Be praying for yourself. Be praying for other people in this room that are making a decision for the first time or making a decision to change their mindset. But if we can all be praying at the same time, I think powerful things can happen. And we can bow our heads as we start to do that. And this prayer that I'm gonna say from stage is going to specifically be for the people that are ready to step into that relationship for the very first time. They're ready to give their life to Christ. And everyone's heads are bowed, eyes are closed, and you can just say this in your heart. You don't have to say it out loud, but just you can just pray something like this and say, God, I want to live in relationship with you. I need you. God, I know that there are so many things that I've got going on in my life, so many tasks. It can be overwhelming. Even the good ones can be overwhelming, God, but I just want to give all of that to you. I want to partner with you and walk in relationship with you. I want to do life with you. And today, this is my moment. God, I accept that Jesus died on the cross and has taken everything I have done, everything I will do, and he takes it as his own. God, I accept that and I believe that he died in my place and he rose again. That through Jesus, I can now live and walk freely in relationship with you. God, I choose today in this moment to live my life differently, to live my life walking with you in relationship with you. If you just prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask that you raise your hand. This is an opportunity where. Um, you are stamping this moment in your life and the physicality of raising your hand helps solidify that. If you did that, ask that you raise your hand, but it also allows for us to come alongside you as a church and help you, help you celebrate and help you with whatever those next steps might be in your life. So if you haven't done that already, if you'll just raise your hand really high so we can see you. And as you are putting those hands down, we as a church family put our hands together and we say welcome home.